0: This is Let's Talk About Weed, the Cannaboomers Podcast. CBD, microdosing, and all things related to medical cannabis for baby boomers. From San Diego, here's your host, Thomas J. Welcome to Let's Talk About Weed, the Cannabis Boomers Podcast. I'm your host Thomas J. Here to bring Boomers news and updates about all things cannabis. And this week we have Jason Hand, CEO of VapeBright, a company that's uh, been making vaporizers, pen-style vaporizers for a couple years now. Hi, Jason. How you doing? Oh, fantastic. How you doing, Tom? Very good, thank you. I'm fascinated with the whole history of vaping. We all know people started using e-cigarettes back in the 2004 2005 timeframe as a way to reduce the harm of you know inhaling burning tobacco, it has since transformed into a a delivery method of uh, various medicines. Um, can you tell us your perspective on that?
1: Yeah, I mean I witnessed this change. I remember seeing blue come out, and they were actually selling them in vending machines and bars um, across the U.S. in the very beginning, and that was kind of the start of e-cigarettes which is why a lot of people still refer to it as that but vaporizing is kind of uh, evolved from that and that's when people started getting into the hobby of building their own mods and that's where we've seen the last 5 years I'd say is this huge boom in uh, more of the millennial market like where I guess since we've been you know told from an early age that smoking is bad but vaping is such a new thing that um, it's become the immediate alternative. So, if you're not a smoker, then at least vaping is the the more healthy option. And I guess health is you know, <laughs> it's kind of a gray area in this space because it's so new. Um, but from what I've understand, many researchers said that vaping anything is thousands of times less harmful than um, smoking cigarettes. So, at least that's a that's a good thing. But the the hobby of it, like being like the the vape mod e-liquid market kind of created this this whole different um, break in it where people are vaping flavors. I remember when I was 18, hookah um, bars were really popular and it's all about the hookah. Even though you thought you were actually getting less nicotine, you weren't uh, like a single package of uh, hookah tobacco has just as much nicotine as a pack of cigarettes. And people were going through bulls and bowls of this hookah tobacco thinking, you know, that it was, it was safer. But realistically, the whole idea of this, this vapor was um, really poignant and uh, it took off in a huge way. And it's because it's actually easier to manufacture than growing tobacco. If you imagine like having huge fields of tobacco leaves and farms and uh, drying it and, and then the whole regulation that comes with all that. It's not very easy to enter the market, but um, vape liquid was unregulated at first and and took off by storm. Where you could have every single flavor imaginable, and people started hobby building their own mods and their own batteries and tanks and coils. There's just this massive um, niche market that surrounded vaping. So it went from e-cigarettes e- to vaping, and then people started noticing that. Well, heck, if you can mix in flavor than what would happen if you mixed in other molecules.
0: You have mentioned mods a couple of times. Can we define that? Is that like the tank, the structure that has a tank, you in know, a, in a different parts? that That's not a pen style thing, right?
1: Absolutely correct. Yeah, the mod would be more of... Um, the e-liquid craze, where you have a huge, like a three milliliter tank or larger, that you refill on a regular basis. Like if you see the people blowing clouds and making all those crazy smoke rings and or vape rings and all that stuff, that's that's that um, vape mod style. Uh, where a pen is very specific it's a it's a smaller device it uses less wattage or voltage um, meaning it's not made for blowing huge plumes of, of vapor um, again there's like a split in the market of vaping not everyone is after the same um, is after the same thing so there's people that want to just blow huge clouds of flavorful vapor and there's some people that uh, just want to vaporize something specifically.
0: If you're blowing huge clouds, you you go to a vape shop and you may or may not get a, a liquid that contains nicotine, right?
1: Yeah. So they do make, you know, e-liquid that doesn't have nicotine uh, for people that just, so say like if you're someone that's trying to quit smoking cigarettes and trying to get off nicotine, that may be a, an option for you to still get the s- sensation of the oral fixation, but not actually have any, administer any li- Nicotine pen styles, um, pen style vaporizers like the ones we create, are um, more of like a disposable, specific purpose type of vaporizer where you're not buying huge quantities of this liquid and refilling a um, refilling a tank because it, it just the nature of the of the oil that we use wouldn't be appropriate for it. If you were to put our oil in a in a tank mod, you'll most likely burn out your coils because um, the viscosity of, of e-liquid is much different than uh, hemp oil. So you can't really um, burn it as, as high temperature as you can the e-liquid because it'll basically gum up and then fry your, your coil and ruin the mod, at least the coil portion of it. Um, when you do that, so this this typically isn't made for large uh, large tanks like the the l- less viscous e-liquid is. Okay,
0: our audience is baby boomers who are interested in in good health and in uh, CBD. They would probably be interested in in what you guys offer a pen style vaporizer that, as you say, it's not heating it at a real high temperature, and it is a it's an organic substance, right? It's, it's uh, talk about the contents of, of the vape right pen.
1: Yeah. So before, I guess it makes more sense to talk about what it isn't because there's a lot of different options and people think, Oh, I got the CBD at this gas station. It's a vaporizer. It's really great. And then you look at the ingredients and you realize that there's very little CBD and a bunch of questionable other chemicals listed in the, in the ingredients. So there's a, there's a huge distinction, and that's really why we exist. Is uh, there was a lot of um, there was a, a lot of different products being created at the at say the boom of the CBD um, fixation. Uh, once people realized you, there's other cannabinoids than THC and started looking at the potential benefits of CBD, there was this huge breakout in the market. And since there is no regulation, uh, there was a lot of people creating a lot of questionable products that didn't really benefit anybody. Uh, snake oil, if you will, uh, a lot of products that didn't actually have really any effective minimum effective amount of of the the cannabinoid. And a lot of other junk ingredients so they're just selling at a premium a bunch of terrible stuff so we we wanted to create something that would be high potency all organic and that's what we attempt that's what we attempted to do and so what that requires is first finding organic hemp oil which in itself is already hard enough because the USDA doesn't really certify hemp yet as organic or not. So you have to really uh, vet the growers and the um, the quality of the material that they're using. Uh, because hemp likes to act like a straw and it sucks up a large amount of heavy metals and pesticides. So um, it's a it's a little bit of a risk in this market because you have to talk to growers that you know, may not know what they're doing or uh, are lying to you. So there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of research and vetting that has to be done before you can even get the hemp oil, and that took a long time to find suitable growers that were importing the proper high quality organic material to begin right. with, and and then from there uh, it's about formulating um, correctly using. Um, using substances that aren't toxic.
0: Where do you guys source your hemp from?
1: So we we source our uh, hemp from Europe. There's a few places in Scandinavia region that um, allow us to. Because realistically, the the law still governs legal hemp is can only be imported, uh, unless that changes. It's pretty much the the state of the industry is anything that's um, considered legal hemp at this point must be imported so we we take really high quality imported hemp from from europe um, that fits the bill of being organic and high potency and then from there it's um, formulated to remove the thc because there is always like a small uh, trace amount of thc that may be what they consider too hot for it to be considered a hemp product The law justifies hemp as anything that's below 0.3% THC. And that's a very small number, considering a lot of these testing practices have a variance of 1% to 2%. So you pretty much have to have zero THC or non-detectable for it to be a legal hemp product. So that's really important. And we use uh, local um, manufacturers in Colorado and California that can um, they can remove the THC to make it even more legal, if that makes any sense.
0: So so you start with uh, organic hemp from Europe and make sure it's clean. It's not full of contaminants and heavy metals and stuff. And then you extract the THC out of it and you end up with a, with an oil that is uh, rich in, in CBD.
1: Yep. And then we still have to test it again. Uh, once we get our hands on it, because there's a bunch of, you know, there's a lot of, there's very little regulation in the industry, so we have to third-party test it ourselves to make sure that we're not getting, you know, a fake uh, uh, COA. So it's been really important uh, as the industry self-regulates to make sure that all the material is tested twice to make sure that it, it is as safe as possible, because if we aim to create the most potent and beneficial safe product then we have to basically put our money where our mouth is so every single batch that we receive even if it's from the same producer is going to be tested again so after we receive what should be clean thc free oil we test it ourselves and then we begin our formulation which is really simple and includes just basically giving it a specific flavor profile. Since we're not interested in using any of the artificial flavorings that e-liquids do, we add our own blend of natural terpenes, which are basically flavonoids or what um, gives cannabis its smell or gives anything its smell, flowers, perfume, if you will. We add our own natural blend of terpenes to give it a, Give it a nice citrusy, smooth flavor because CBD in itself has a really um, sharp, kind of acrid, spicy uh, profile when you inhale it by itself. Or if you taste it um, by itself, it has more of the spicy flavor. And it's not really that... um, It's not, it doesn't taste that great, so we, we do our best to really give it a nice, smooth, borderline citrusy flavor.
0: Right. I mean, if you ever take it sublingually, it, it's got kind of a grassy flavor that is
1: not all that appealing. You do get used to it, but yeah, it's uh, if you're inhaling it on a regular basis, it's um, your your throat's just going to constantly have this kind of spicy itch to it, uh, especially given the potency that we're using. So we do our best to to really round that out and smooth it. And then the terpenes in themselves have potential benefits because of uh, if you know anything about aromatics and um, aromatherapy, there's a there's a lot to be said about specific uses of terpenes and smells and, and in those categories so in itself we're kind of adding additional potential benefits to the to the product by ge- adding natural terpenes
0: you're giving us a, a good picture that you know the buyer needs to beware and look for brands that are very transparent in terms of their testing and their sourcing let's talk about some of the therapeutic uses um, and you mentioned high potency there's people who take a lot of CbD you know if they're if they're trying to treat a cancer or something, they might be taking, you know, 30 50 hundred milligrams a day. What sort of potency does Vaporite deliver and what sort of therapeutic reasons are, are people
1: taking it? Okay, so the first um, part of the question about potency, this is this is a really interesting topic because right now there's a lot of misinformation, especially with people taking advantage of the, the ignorance of the the new User, right? So there's a lot of people new to this this market or this industry that see um, a certain amount of milligrams and they think that that's the standard. But the the question is, is what is the milligram per dose and how many doses are required? So what is the the minimum um, for what you're using it for? So in vape, it's even worse because everything is justified in milligrams and, and milliliters. So it's very difficult. You have to basically do your own math where something will say 500 milligrams. So you're thinking it has 500 milligrams of CBD, but realistically it has 500 milligrams of oil. And there's not actually 500 milligrams of CBD in that oil. So that oil is 20%. So you really only have hundred milligrams in that 500 milligram cartridge. So there's a lot of people that speak in milligrams. There's some people that speak in percentages. But what you really need to know is the total amount of CBD that's in the product you're using. And then you need to figure out how much of that CBD can you administer into your body within a reasonable amount of time. So our product, for example, has... We have a couple. We have two different products, but say our original product Thrive has two hundred milligrams of CBD. It's in a five hundred milligram cartridge, so therefore we're a forty percent solution. That is very high for vape. Um, Basically, CBD in itself is a crystallite, and at above fifty percent, you're going to see it start to crystallize. So, for anything in the forty to fifty percent region. That is a really high potency as far as percentage. In a single cartridge, you'll get roughly um, a couple hundred um, inhalations before the cartridge is depleted. So we guesstimate, we don't know because we've never done the the strict testing on exactly how much um, CBD is coming out of this. We guess that about one milligram per inhalation of CBD so, if you're thinking about someone that would want to get roughly 20 to 30 milligrams per day, then that would be 20 to 30 inhalations. So, what we recommend is 10 to 12 inhalations per use and then go from there.
0: I guess there's another point to be made is that it, it's a very individualized experience. Um, the same amount of CBD might affect someone differently than it affects you. Is, is that correct?
1: Absolutely. Body weight, um, Genetics, there's so much to be considered, and there's really only anecdotal testing that we have to look at. I mean, there's been tons of studies, but they're not backed up by imperial science. So we don't we don't truly know. All I can do is take my own experiences and the experiences of other people to gauge what that what that might look like. Um, I know from my own experience that there is uh, a very clear zero to one effect from a product of this potency versus something that's like an e-liquid that only has 3% CBD in it, you could um, vape clouds all day and never feel anything. Um, but I'm, I'm much younger than maybe the audience you have. Um, but I still, you know, I still get to read the, the hundreds of reviews. And it's not just people that are talking about Great product, awesome stuff it's these are people in pain or, or that have severe um, issues that are looking for anything for any side of hope in whatever their condition is and the stuff they write is not it's not just a short little blurb they a lot of people spew their life story, talk about it. How it's changed um, changed every aspect of their waking life. How they're able to go back to work. We've had a we had a gentleman named TJ that <laughs> didn't know how to use the he didn't know how to basically transact online. An older bedridden gentleman that's never made a purchase online. So imagine that. And uh, he would call us personally to have us place his order. And he was such a <laughs> such an interesting man. Uh, he he was always like joking around with us and. He would call us random points of the day just to kind of talk. So in a way, we 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 got really familiar with with TJ. And he wrote us this this letter several months later, saying that he had been bedridden for years on opiates, and he was finally able to to move about the house and and get out of bed, which is one of the most touching things. Because after getting to know TJ, it was it was uh, quite honestly like the moment where I started to realize what we were doing is not just creating another product. Uh, you know, it, it really is changing uh, an individual's life.
0: Yeah. that That's awesome. When you can put a product out like that, that, uh, that really does enable people to, to change their lives and whether it's in his case, the opioids that were keeping them down, or can you speak to some of the other, um, other testimonials you've gotten from people who have used it for, for specific purposes?
1: Oh, there's tons. I, I would say that like looking at, um, our reviews, the number one thing I see people comment on is, uh, is arthritis. Um, that is a, a huge, uh, a huge issue. And, and then I'd say second to that is anxiety is what we see a lot of people finding, um, potential relief for. Um, but it varies from, like I said, from arthritis and anxiety, uh, down to insomnia, sleep apnea. Like, there's just so many things I'm not even aware of, uh, or that I wasn't aware of at first that people are finding um, relief with.
0: That's that's really exciting. Uh, some of the other, you know, I know CBD has been used for fibromyalgia, for PTSD. People mention um, we've seen the videos of where it helps kids with epilepsy stop seizuring all day. Is the your formulation useful in in its dosage for those kinds of applications?
1: Yes, and um, and no in, in in certain cases. So for people with really intense situations like say um, like dementia and like like AIDS, for example, there's people that are you know, on a thirty to or fifty to hundred milligram serving size, and that's not something that you can really use use our product for. I mean, it, like I said, it would take half the cartridge. It would you'd have to inhale a hundred times to get that kind of that, that kind of potential dose. So it wouldn't be really efficient if you're looking for a large amount of CBD all at once, where I think something more like a tincture would be better for those situations. But anyone that's on the go, what I what I always recommend is what's great about this product is it's convenient. It's efficient. You can have it in your pocket. If you start to feel uh, like you need some, you just can pull it out, take a couple breaths and put it back. A lot of people, I've heard just regular applications of people going into a, a meeting, they're stressed out about it and, and just take a couple pulls before they go in. That's more of the situation that I see it the most benefit for is when you're on the go and you need something to just kind of um, quell whatever's going on with you.
0: Right. And that's where the speed of it is. It's instantly absorbed, right? You, And that's the whole, well, the... You're bypassing the liver. You don't have to go through your whole digestive tract. And
1: Absolutely. Fastest onset and the easiest way to administer. I mean, anyone knows how to take a breath or suck through a straw. So there's not really much um, education that needs to be, that comes with the product. So everyone knows how to use it right off the bat. And it's very easy to use, which makes, if you, I mean, if you're familiar with it, like droppers or any of those types of applications, it's a, it's a, it's a process, you know, and it's more of like a medicinal process where you have to stop what you're doing, you know, pull this thing out of a, out of a jar and then put it underneath your tongue. It's not like something you can do while you're driving or, or, you know, walking the dog or, you know what I mean? Like those types of applications are a little bit less convenient and therefore it's a lot, lot less likely you're going to use it on a regular basis or have it available when you need it. Something as small as a pen that can fit in your pocket it's an instant breath and because of like you're mentioning the the lungs are an incredible delivery system the pulmonary capillaries are instant instant delivery system to your bloodstream which is why oxygen works in the first place or why cannabis works or thc right it's instant because your lungs are this this huge reception device and there's no faster way to get it into your bloodstream than by breathing it in.
0: Back in the day when, when we were in college, you know, you'd inhale the substance and the thing was to hold it in for, you know, as long as you could before you coughed it out. When you're vaping, do you recommend holding it in? Do you recommend blowing it out? Do you take a little bit of fresh air after you've hit the pen? Is there a preferred method for
1: doing it? You know, it's like everyone has their... uh has their opinion on this subject, whether it be this substance or the other. I, I personally think the longer that you allow it to be exposed to your lungs, the better. So I would I would recommend holding it in. Um, it just seems to logically make sense that if you're taking in a, a plume of vapor, uh, you want it to hit as much surface area of your lungs as possible in order to for it to be effective. Uh, I don't think, you know, like how... Kids smoke cigarettes in high school is going to do the job, like just holding it in your throat and blowing it out isn't really effective. I just recommend taking a, a short puff and then breathing it all the way down into the deepest part of your lungs and waiting a few seconds. And the less you blow out at the end, it's the, the less that you're essentially giving back to the, the atmosphere. So that would make sense to me is to, to hold it in longer if you can. We've
0: kind of talked about the history and about the current outlook and and things that consumers need to be aware of. What trends do you see in in this field that might be up and coming?
1: Oh, I can speak to what we're interested in is CBD is not the only thing that can be vaporized. And same thing as I was alluding to with terpenes is there's a number of different let's just call them potentiating effects that terpenes have. So blends of CBD with other terpenes with perhaps other molecules are, uh, are interesting to us. I don't think CBD is the last thing we're going to formulate into a vaporizer. I think there's a potential for a lot of things that can be vaporized. And though, like if you've seen some of these vitamin B12 vapes or vitamin vapes, if you will, um, you know, there's there's some efficacy to, to it, and then there's also some BS, too, where, you know, it's not really possible to, to vaporize vitamin C, for example, because the amount that you would need would be larger than the amount that you could fit into a cartridge. So, you know, a single inhalation is not going to give you any, you know, reasonable amount of vitamin C. And maybe even B12 might be in that corner, too. But um, there's tons of other things that have interesting um, potential to be vaporized that we're looking at.
0: So you have Thrive and you, you said you have a second product too?
1: Yeah, we actually, we wanted to push the limits on how much CBD, what we, what we were noticing is we were averaging 40 to 45%. Um, so essentially we were giving away more CBD than we were even advertising, but we wanted to see if it was possible to create a, a 50% and stabilize it. And um, it took a while to be able to do it, but, but we managed to, um, we managed to stabilize a 250 milligram cartridge. So we have thrive and then thrive beyond, which is uh, an additional 50 milligrams more. So it's a, a 50%. So it's a more
0: high potency um,
1: formulation. Yeah, we increased the potency by another uh, 10%. And it has a slightly different flavor profile because the oil we're using is is basically extracted at a really high percentage. So there's not much plant matter left where, say, Thrive, for example, has a lot more of the initial oil uh, and terpenes that come with the plants. So it's more of a full-spectrum product. The Thrive Beyond, because the amount of CBD that we're getting initially in the in the first extraction... Uh, is so high that there's not a lot of room for um, for the let's just say like what I like to call like the tannin, for example. It's more of the plant matter that's left in the oil that creates the the terpene profiles. So Thrive is more of a um, full profile, uh, full spectrum product that has a lot of the natural terpenes that come with the plant, and Thrive Beyond has our own terpene profile that we've maximized um so it's a little bit it's a it's just a different formulation of flavor um with a higher potency so some people are really interested in the very earthy organic natural taste and flavor and then some people want more of like a clean very um high potency solution that doesn't have really any any like outrageous flavor. So that's more of what Thrive Beyond is, is very clean, administered, uh, high potency um, product with a, with just a different flavor profile.
0: So you're going to get a little more CBD in each puff in a, in a flavor that is um, a little bit different. Yes. So it's like a, the difference between an IPA and a double IPA maybe.
1: Yeah, with it, with going the opposite direction like a double IPA would be much more hoppier. Where this tastes even less um, spicy. This is it, what people have related it to is kind of like drinking tea. It has a like a tea flavor almost. So it's very subtle. And this is just like a lot of people cuz what happened is we ended up getting a, a lot higher um, percentage oil. Last year there was there was a shortage on on oil every Every year, really, this happens. People buy up the rest of the the harvest before the new harvest comes in, and there's roughly a couple months where there's it's very difficult to find quality oil until the new harvest um, is complete. So, roughly from like August through middle of October, there's a it's hard to find oil. So, we ended up having to find a different manufacturer, and they sent us this really high potency oil and we it looked nothing like our and tasted nothing like our original oil so we didn't know what to to really do with it we, didn't, we weren't even sure if we were going to keep it but um we sampled it out to a few people and they liked it some people liked the other oil better some people liked this oil better so we didn't we didn't know whether or not to to scrap it or so we just decided to create a second product and just um revisit the formulation so um what happened to, what started out as an accident turned into a second product that, um, a lot of people prefer. Um, and people that love the original product don't have to, you know, they don't have to make a decision. They can just, they can, um, stick with the original. Oh, a lot of things happen, right? By accident. And... Absolutely. Yeah. We're really pleased with it. I mean, it, it like I said, it took, a long time to be able to formulate something of this high potency. We thought we were already cutting edge when we created the forty percent. When we first entered this market, there was nobody that had a forty percent vape uh, around, and anyone that that did was either was was lying or um, boosting the numbers with, you know, adding certain amounts of. Uh, CBD isolate, so it's it's a lot different. Like a, a pure oil that was forty percent was really really difficult to find. All of the vape solutions in the past were, you know, five five to ten percent maximum um, in an e liquid form, uh, or they were one to one or two to one ratios with THC that you could only get in dispensaries. So that was that was kind of this the issue is if you really wanted a, a high quality, high potency CBD vape, you had to go to a dispensary because most of the time the formulations were too hot, meaning it had too much THC in it for it to be able to be sold legally across the US. Finding something that had no THC and high potency was really hard to do. So 40% was was considered like insane <laughs> at first. And then to be able to produce a, a stable 50% that doesn't turn into rock candy was the next step and that's what we've just been able to do we're, we're quite proud of it
0: you guys have been at this for a couple of years and as you've as we've kind of covered this it's unregulated as you said it's kind of like the wild west you have to look for someone who's getting good clean organic hemp and who's testing all the while and who's going to give you a, a product that's got enough potency to to make a difference for you I mean, how many players are out there now? Are there dozens? Are there hundreds? Um, you, you've been at this for a couple of years and this this market, it's exploded. Do you see that subsiding or is it just continuing to
1: expand? It's kind of hard to to answer that question. While there is more people entering the market, there's even more illegitimate people entering the market. So that that's just, to me, um, it, it's kind of at an equal ratio where there's... Um, a few quality competitors. There's even more, um, even more people that are just creating crap. So it, yeah, it definitely is getting larger. There, there's no doubt the CBD market is is expanding at an incredible rate. Um, and then the vape category in itself, which was kind of undecided because it it exploded so fast. I mean, at least the vape culture did. That it was. Um, yeah it was it was kind of uh, unknown what the what the future would hold as the FDA kind of came in and started regulating vape calling everything a tobacco product and taxing taxing a lot of these um, products making it and, and holding licenses for manufacturing There's a lot of things happening to the vape industry that was kind of at the same time affecting the CBD vape industry, if that makes any sense, because we're tied to it. So if I buy a a battery, this battery that powers this pen vape, it's this pen is for health and health beneficial uses. It's not an e-cigarette. It's not simply a smoking alternative, right? But that's not how the FDA sees it. So when I buy a battery, it's a nicotine dispensing device. It's not, it's not just a battery. So I have to pay taxes when it's imported into the United States because it's considered a tobacco product. Even though we no, don't administer any tobacco, they still consider it a tobacco product. So that affects us in some capacity. So whatever laws they create around the hardware involving vape kind of affect us. So there was you know, a moment where we weren't sure which direction it was going to go, whether or not they were just going to outright ban the sale of this stuff in the U S until they figured out what it was. So we were, we were kind of, you know, just watching from the sidelines, wondering what was, what was going to happen. Uh, but luckily it looked like it, it, it found, you know, some stability and it seems like they're happy with just um, taxing the tariff at the port for now. So there was a, a slight slowdown in the amount of um, vape products being created. When it was, you know, first a huge explosion, you can just see like thousands of websites created for e-liquids and of every category. Um, It's now kind of like regulated a bit. So in a way that kind of um, spilled over into our industry where there is less people creating um, vape products. It's just the level of difficulty is already so, so high because of one, banking is extremely difficult, uh, transacting credit cards in this industry is a huge question mark because they don't know whether it's a tobacco product, a vape product or a cannabis product. So there's a lot of, um, credit card processors that consider this extremely high risk and won't even take you on whether it's because it's a vape or whether it's because it's related to cannabis. So there's tons of people that would love to create a CBD vape product, but simply can't because, uh, banking is so difficult. Right.
0: Well, I mean, you're describing this kind of shifting landscape, but as I think there's 26 or 27 states now that have legalized cannabis for medicinal use. And even like, as you say, it's it's not cannabis really, and it's not tobacco. And then there's all kinds of commercials on TV right now about how vaping is bad for you. So there's still a lot of confusion out there in the market, obviously. Now, I I do also want to ask you about carrier liquids, because that's a big thing, too. And people need to be educated about the kind of liquid that's carrying the CBD and I know you guys have a, a special formulation you use that that you feel is safer than some of the other alternatives out there.
1: Yeah, so essentially, a carrier liquid is just a solvent that allows the that allows the product to be vaporized. So CBD in itself is a crystal structure; it turns into rock candy at, at high potencies. So if you had a ninety five percent CBD solution. It would basically be a gigantic. It would look like a gigantic crystal, um, like uh, like rock candy would if you if you did that experiment when you're a kid. You know, you tie a tie a string to a stick and like put it in a high um, highly potent sugar solution, and you know the, the candy starts to form around the, the string. It's it's the exact it's the exact same thing that CBD does. So uh, you need to have the ratio of CBD to oil in it. The the natural fats that come with the plant. Um, to be lower. So less than say 50%, for example. And the reason why that's important is it, it will just, it only takes a small amount of, of CBD crystal to just basically turn into a gigantic rock. So you need the ratio of CBD to oil to be correct in order to vaporize it, or else you just, you'll have a gigantic rock candy in your cartridge that you can't get out. Can't do anything about, even though it's completely safe. You can melt it back down, which is what a lot of people do. You need um, you need it to be dissolved properly in order to have a proper, or I mean, at least a a good vaping experience. So, what people have done is this followed suit into the e liquid space, where there's propylene glycol and there's vegetable glycerin. These are just different carrier liquids that allow you to dilute whatever it is that you're trying to vaporize. Both of them. Have you know questionable history and and safety, and there was like there's a study done I think a couple years ago. I think it was the New England Journal of Health. I can't remember if if that was them, um, but they basically showed that at high temperatures or high voltages, that propylene glycol turns into formaldehyde, and that scared the living daylights of, out of all these people that were blowing clouds of propylene glycol and and uh, you know you know different flavors because that was the main carrier liquid and i think that study has been since debunked is is basically the level of voltage required you wouldn't even be able to inhale the the meaning that the vapor would be so hot that it would it would burn up to begin with and it wouldn't even be a poss- a pleasant a pleasant experience vaporizing
0: so chemically, you're saying at the at the heat that creates the kind of vapor you would inhale, you, you're def, you're, it's impossible to create formaldehyde.
1: Yeah, you wouldn't even have a battery that can get that hot to begin with. Um, so yeah, it wouldn't. It's not a typical experience, and that's that's where you know the data is kind of skewed. Is that the levels they were exposing this um, propylene glycol was was extreme, and that not something that would be typical for many everyday user. Nonetheless, we were just scared to even go that method. So we we completely shied away from it. Um, We didn't want there to be any question whether or not it's it's now considered safe. And I do believe it is. I don't think that propylene glycol is the devil. um, But I don't want any question. Uh, I don't want, you know, what makes me feel good is I can sleep well at night, uh, knowing that I'm helping people. (laughs) And if there's any potential to harm someone, I don't think I'm going to get much sleep. So uh, we decided not to go that route at all. So we started originally with uh, 100% pure CBD oil, but there is also some issues with that as if it's not extracted properly, like a CO2 extraction removes a lot of the fats, um, like the large waxes, If if people are vaping all natural wax and oils, there's potential for what's called lipid pneumonia, where basically the the wax, waxes are too large for your lungs to pass through the cell walls of your lungs, and they basically just stick to your lungs. So you have essentially oil stuck to the walls of your lungs. Basically, you have a cough that won't go away for five days until you stop using the product. So a lot of people that are vaping these all-natural 100% waxes are starting to get lipid pneumonia and wondering why they can't get rid of this cough. We were really scared to to go this all natural approach as well. So there, it wasn't until a while later that we noticed that all of the top manufacturers were adding uh, triglycerides back into their oils to give it more, to give it less viscosity, to, you know, create a solution that could be vaporized, and that became the gold standard. So now, instead of um, propylene glycol or vegetable glycerin, MCT oil uh, is now become the, the standard. And we're really happy about this because it's probably the the highest quality, best carrier liquid, if you want to call it that, that you can find. Because all it is is medium chain triglycerides, meaning um, they have less than, I think, less than ten carbon chains, that allows it to be passed through your, the walls of your lungs a lot easier. So it's a really clean, appropriate way to to use hemp oil, because the oil itself doesn't contain any large fats or waxes that would naturally stick to your lungs.
0: Is that typically coconut oil?
1: Yeah. So coconut oil has MCT in it, but we're not using per se coconut oil, right? Like if you, if you see coconut oil at the store, it's usually, you know, solid and white. Um, and then if you see MCT in the supplement section, it's clear and liquid where coconut oil still has a lot of the waxes and the, in the fats, the solid fats that make it solid, even though it's at a very low melting temperature, it's not something that you wouldn't want to vape coconut oil, but it's perfectly fine to vape MCT oil. I know that it, it sounds like I'm splitting hairs, but there truly is a, a large difference between the two, um, organic mct is derived from coconut oil it's just had all of the fats removed so that it's a a natural liquid that contains only the triglycerides only the the lipids if you will
0: it's derived from or or is it a synthetic oil
1: i believe that they they can make um synthetic uh mct and that that's what a lot of supplements use we use uh organic Mm -hmm. because we just yeah, we, we just a, appreciate something that, that's organic more than, you know, the question of whether or not it's derived from a safe source. Again, MCT, no matter which way it's derived, I think is, is better than any of the other alternatives. So I don't think it matters if it's organic or not. Uh, we would just prefer it to be organic. So we use an organic uh, MCT derived from coconut. That makes sense.
0: I want to tell people that you guys are at vapebright.org, where you have Thrive and Thrive Beyond. What else do they need to know about vapebright?
1: We're a legitimate company that's been doing this for two years now. Uh, we have well over 1,200 reviews from real people with real issues that really have something to say. Uh, we stand by our product. We stand by our word. We have a wonderful customer support team that's uh, willing and ready to answer any question you have. I think that's really important, especially in an industry that has so much uncertainty and and uh, so much fear surrounding it. That uh, we have real humans that uh, are ready to take your call or to answer via chat window in the website. So that's really important. And we're always, yeah, we're always ready to answer.
0: That's great. Thank you so much for your time, Jason. I think we covered a lot of stuff, and I know our listeners are going to be interested in this, and I look forward to uh, having you back on. Um, I know there's going to be a lot more to talk about in the future, but uh, thanks for sharing your expertise on on this important topic, and uh, we hope to talk to you again. Really appreciate it, Tom. You've been listening to Let's Talk About Weed, the Cannabomers podcast with Thomas J. For more on medicinal cannabis for baby boomers, visit us at cannaboomers.com.